Hello, I am Su Yin, a partner from Incenco Hong Kong's office, and today I'll be reading from the article New Hong Kong Competition Law Considerations for the Shipping Industry. The Hong Kong Competition Ordinance was gazetted on the 14th of June 2012 and will commence on 14 December 2015. The Hong Kong Competition Commission published the revised draft guidelines to the ordinance in July 2015. We summarize below the rules of the ordinance and then consider their potential impact on the shipping sector. The competition rules. The ordinance comprises only three rules. The first conduct rule, also referred to as FCR. The second conduct rule, also referred to as SCR. And the merger rule. Present, the merger rule only applies to the telecommunications sector and will not be considered in this article. The first conduct rule. The FCR prohibits undertaking, which is defined as any entity, regardless of legal status, that is engaged in economic activity, including a natural person, from making or effectuating an agreement, whether written, expressed, or implied, or engaging in a concerted practice with the object or effect of preventing, restricting, or distorting competition in the relevant market. It applies both to horizontal, i.e. agreements between competitors, and vertical agreements, which means agreements with suppliers and purchasers, and also to decisions of an association of undertakings, for example, a trade association. Unlike some other jurisdictions, the ordinance does not create automatic or per se contraventions of the FCR. It will have to be established that the agreement has an anti-competitive object or effect, whether actual or inferred. However, once the anti-competitive object or effect is established, the question of whether the conduct amounts to serious anti-competitive conduct arises. Activity amounting to serious anti-competitive conduct, for example, cartel arrangements, will attract more serious penalties. The ordinance does not provide an exhaustive list of agreements which are presumed to have an anti-competitive object or effect. Each agreement must be considered objectively in its specific circumstances. This involves an objective assessment of its aims, content, implementation, and its economic and legal context. Whether an agreement has an anti-competitive effect depends on whether it is likely to have an adverse impact on one or more of the parameters of competition, for example, price and output, and also the extent of the relevant undertaking's market power in a relevant market. The guidelines provide examples of horizontal and vertical agreements that may contravene the FCR. These include price fixing, market allocation agreements, output limitation agreements, bid rigging, joint purchasing agreements facilitating downstream collusion or oligopsony effects. These mean where there are more sellers than buyers in upstream markets. Information exchanges, in particular commercially sensitive information, group boycotts, and resale price maintenance agreements. The second conduct rule. The SCR targets undertakings with a substantial degree of market power. It prohibits relevant undertakings from abusing power by engaging in conduct with the object or effect of preventing, restricting, or distorting competition. It is
is generally accepted that market power is a matter of degree. High market share is likely to determine whether an undertaking has a substantial degree of market power. Other relevant factors include the ability to profitably charge prices above competitive levels over sustained periods and the barriers to market entry for prospective competitors. Unlike other jurisdictions, for example, Singapore, which presumes a 60% market share to amount to dominance, and the EU, which presumes a 40% market share to equate to dominance, the Commission has rejected calls to announce any market share-based threshold. This creates difficulties in defining the relevant market and what constitutes a substantial degree of market power. Previous statements by the Hong Kong government have suggested a threshold as low as 25% may suffice to trigger the application of the SCR. The guidelines suggest that the following conduct may constitute an abuse of market power. These examples are predatory behavior towards competitors, tying customers and bundling, limiting production, markets, or technical development to the prejudice of consumers, margin squeezing by vertically integrated undertaking, and or refusal to deal and exclusive arrangements. Exclusions and exemptions. Exclusions and exemptions are available in limited circumstances. A distinction is drawn between general and specific exclusions and exemptions. These are summarized as follows. Exclusions and exemptions which apply to both rules include Compliance with legal requirements, services of general economic interest, mergers, public policy exemptions, international obligations, statutory body and specified persons or activities exclusions. Exclusions and exemptions which apply to only the FCR are agreements enhancing overall economic efficiencies, agreements of lesser significance, and block exemption orders. And finally, exclusions and exemptions which apply to only the SDR are conduct of lesser significance. It is up to an undertaking to self-assess whether it complies with the ordinance. No obligation exists to first obtain a decision or block exemption order before relying on an exclusion or exemption. If an undertaking requires greater legal certainty, it can apply to the Commission for a decision or block exemption order. However, references to the Commission should not be made lightly. If the information provided suggests that the agreement or conduct concerned is anti-competitive, the Commission has the power to investigate in the first instance and subsequently prosecute the relevant undertaking if a breach is established. Considerations for the shipping industry. The shipping industry is no stranger to anti-competition legislation. The container liner trade has obtained block exemptions in most jurisdictions. The EU consortia block exemption prohibits price-fixing arrangements but allows liner shipping consortia to operate joint services, take joint capacity decisions in response to fluctuations of demand and supply, pursue pooling arrangements, jointly operate and use port terminals, coordinate timetables and ports of call, and cross-charter slots. This is subject to the consortia's market share not exceeding 30%. Singapore permits cooperation on price, remuneration, and technical operation and commercial arrangements, subject to market share not exceeding 50%.
South Korea and Taiwan exempt all types of cooperative carrier agreements. These are conferences which allow members to set common tariffs and not consortia. However, the ordinance applies to all undertakings, not merely the container trade and liner arrangements. Maritime operators in all segments, including tankers, dry bulk carriers and tramping, must abide by the conduct rule. In October 2006, the EU lifted exclusions for tram shipping, sparking speculation that shipping pools breach competition law. EU law now recognizes that pools, whilst not being consortia, can be compliant, cooperative joint ventures, provided they satisfy EU exemption criteria, which means they guarantee efficiency gains and consumer benefits. It is unclear if this has been considered in Hong Kong. It is commonly argued that cooperative arrangements, whether by way of pooling or liner services, which have been an integral part of the transportation industry for centuries, are necessary in order to maintain economic efficiencies and service levels for consumers. The question is whether the Commission will accept such arguments. Although the ordinance fuses principles derived from EU, Australian, UK and Singapore competition law, the Commission has been reticent on the applicability of precedent from these jurisdictions in Hong Kong. This results in a lack of legal certainty on key issues, for example, market definition, market power thresholds, and sector-specific block exemption, pending development of local case law. The complexity of self-assessment is exacerbated by this lack of legal certainty. Comment. The introduction of the ordinance will significantly impact the transportation industry especially when businesses are looking to consolidate or pool their assets together in response to tough market conditions. Given the significant penalties that can be imposed in the event of non-compliance, the importance of compliance should not be underestimated. Risk can be minimized by implementing effective compliance procedures and training programs.